What's good, everybody? This is Noah Alvarez, and you are tuned into another edition of the My Mike and I podcast. Want to thank everybody that's tuning in right now. Also, want to remind you guys that you can listen to this podcast on every platform from SoundCloud to Google Play, from TuneIn to Stitcher, from Apple Podcasts to Spotify, and plenty more platforms as well. If we're not on the platform that you currently listen to podcasts to on, let me know. You can reach out to me at on Twitter at underscore Noah Alvarez. And you can also follow the My Mike and I Instagram page at my period Mike and period I. And let me know if we're not on a certain platform. I'll work on getting this podcast up on that platform as soon as possible. Now, I also want to thank really quick Generic Sports for producing the instrumental in the background. Now, if you're someone in the market for beats, go check out his work on bandcamp.com. You can purchase some of his stuff. Really dope producer from the Orange County area. You can also follow him on Twitter and Instagram too. Search up the same username, Generic Sports. Really dope producer. Shout out to him. Also, shout out to my man, Vince Correa, for producing and designing the My Mike and I logo that you're currently seeing in your screen. He also helps a lot too with the work that goes into the My Mike and I Instagram page as well. So be sure to go hit him up if you need any uh, graphic design work. So be sure to go check out Vince Correa's page on Instagram. Much love to both those guys. Much love to everyone listening right now. Really appreciate you guys. Episode 89, and I'm really excited about this week's guest. But before we get into this week's episode, I did want to remind you guys that this podcast is also available on the Big Heads Podcast Network. And now the Big Heads Podcast Network is home to many great podcasts, including the Body Count Podcast. Now here's a little commercial describing a little bit more about their show. While you may think that history is eh, vaguely interesting, the truth is it's fun and metal AF. Echoes of the past are still reverberating through our world today, and Body Count is here to show you how our shared history affects your life on the daily. Whether you know it or not. So, are you past the point of higher education? Feel like you didn't learn anything from your high school history teacher? Or just didn't give a flying crap about it? Are you tired of always missing out on the yellow history pie piece and trivial pursuit? Are you the horror of all your friends' game nights? Did you once proudly announce that Napoleon Bonaparte was a super short little nutsack? When in reality, he was an average-sized nutsack. Have you been thinking about living under a faulty dam? Or perhaps an active volcano? (laughs) Well, we have good news. It's not too late for you or your homeowner's insurance. Come on over and listen to Body Count, the podcast that explores death and disaster through the ages with only one rule. Someone, or usually a lot of someone's, dies. Because history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. A proud member of the MSE Podcast Network. Boom, Noah Alvarez back here in action with episode 89 of the My Mike and I podcast. And before we get into introducing this week's guest... I did want to talk about the Super Bowl real quick, because we do still talk about sports, and there's been a lot going on in the super, in the sports world, from Delonte West, Antonio Brown, to the Astros, to the college basketball, there's a lot going on. Nonetheless, I, we will, I will plan to have on um, having a sports show in the near future, but on this week I did want to mention the, the Super Bowl, because it'll be the Chiefs 49ers, last week was a championship round. Really fun weekend, and I think arguably the, the two best teams of this NFL season are meeting in the Super Bowl, which is what something you want to see as an NFL fan or as, some, as a football fan. You want to see the two best teams go head-to-head. 
You have one team that has a very dynamic passing attack in the Chiefs, another team that has a very dynamic running attack in the 49ers. 49ers also have one of the best defenses I've ever seen because of their front seven. So it should be a really fun matchup. I'm really looking forward to Super Bowl Sunday. And during the week of the Super Bowl, I will be writing a, a column, an outside the hashes column, for theballout.com. So be sure to keep a lookout for that when it releases. I'll be going over some of the key matchups and what the things I'm looking for come Super Bowl Sunday. Nonetheless, though, that's not the topic of this week's show. The topic of this week's show is the lovely and talented artist by the name of Devereaux. She's from Orange County. Actually, she's from the IE, but she's... We'll just say she's from Orange County. She's from the Southern California area. How about that? She's a very talented artist. You can go check her out on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Music. It's spelled D-E-V-A-R-O-U-X. You can also follow her on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, Same thing, but she has an underscore before her name, Devereaux, D-E-V-A-R-O-U-X. But on this week's show, we basically chat about her music career, how she got interested in starting into her music career, how she had some beef, early beef, with Taylor Swift stands. She also is a big fan of Odd Future, too, so we talk about the Odd Future and Tyler, the creator, and Earl Sweatshirt wave back in uh, the early 2000s. So it's a lot of fun. We actually had a lot in common. I really enjoyed this conversation, and I'm really excited for you guys to listen to this conversation. So without further ado, hope you enjoy the conversation between Devereaux and I. So first question I wanted to ask you, what really inspired you to pick up a mic and start recording your own music? Um, actually, I've always really loved singing. So when I was like three or four, my parents would make up little jingles for me to sing, like to remember how to spell my name or whatever else. And from then on, I would tell people, like, I would literally go around and tell people, oh, like, I'm going to be a famous singer when I grow up. I'm going to go to Juilliard, the School of Performing Performing Arts in New York. And people would just look at me like, what the hell? Is this girl really (laughs) saying what? (laughs) Like, okay. Um, And then I started writing songs when I was in fifth grade, I believe. And then when I got to high school, my sophomore year, there was an audio engineering class. Mm. And I was like, I want to be in that. That sounds really cool. So I got in there. I learned how to like use all of the studio equipment. I learned how to produce. I learned how to track my vocals, everything like that. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is actually realistic. Like I could actually do this before I just wanted to. I didn't know like the steps to go in. And then, you know, when I got in that class, I was like, wow, I could actually put out music. I could actually make this a thing. And I started doing it. Mm -hmm. So ever since then, I was in like DJ club. I was in, um, I did live sound for plays. I, I did really everything. Mm -hmm. I would even perform my music at lunch. Okay. Perks of being president of DJ club. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I had a lot of fun. Um, and that's where I started. And this is all in high school. You said the DJ club and everything, mm-hmm. right? That was um, my sophomore year till my senior year. Okay. And then right after that is when I moved out here. Okay. Before that, did you do any talent shows at the elementary school level, middle school level? Yes. I believe I did my first talent show in fourth grade. Not going to lie. I'm pretty sure I was trash. <laughs> not going to lie. Any videos? <laughs> oh, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I actually started talent shows dancing and oh, okay. singing. I can't dance for shit. Don't <laughs> don't get your hopes up. I really can't dance, but that's where I started. Uh-huh. It was Hannah Montana. I would oh. I would dance and sing to Hannah Montana. Okay. Fourth grade Kenzie. 
So is she like an early role model for you or are you just kind of a big fan? Yeah, I, I gotta be honest. I was never, when I was younger, I hated the boy band. I was a really big mm. tomboy. Like I hated girly things for the most part. Like I couldn't stand girly stuff. So I did not like Justin Bieber. Mm. I did not like the Jonas Brothers. Hannah Montana, High School Musical. Yeah. That was my shit. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite character from High School Musical? You know, I've never thought about that before. I'd probably say Zac Efron. Yeah? He was probably my favorite. I remember wa I had a huge crush when I was younger on Vanessa Hudgens. Mm. So that was like the only reason I watched like all three. And Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind sure of ashamed that's to admit it. the only reason. No, yeah. <laughs> you guys, he didn't actually like High School Musical. He just liked Vanessa Hudgens. Yep, we'll that's, that's that. the only reason. <laughs> nice. So who else inspired you as far as like musician? Was there any kind of sound? Or artists that you tried to sound like when you were younger you know when people tell me like who inspired you to do music I'm always thinking like or like who inspires you I'm like no one really inspires me but I do I did remember when I was I think in like fourth fifth grade that's when I started singing I would always listen to Christina Aguilera mm -hmm. my mom loved Christina Aguilera and I was like so impressed by her voice how she did all those like vocal runs and the riffs with her voice and I was like I want to do that so what I would do is I would play those songs where she did like crazy things with her voice and I would imitate what she did with her voice until I could do it exactly like her oh okay and that's how I got like my R&B-ish style mm -hmm. so that's I say her as my inspiration as well as um Alicia Keys. I would ooh, listen to Alicia Keys ooh, a lot, nice. and I would always try to sing her songs, yeah. so that's kind of where my style came from. Favorite Alicia Keys song? No one. No one? Ah, that's a good one. That's a classic. Yeah, that definitely is a classic. <laughs> <laughs> so after high school, a lot of kids either go to college, go to the military. Did you always know that you kind of, were you set on trying to make music your career right after high school, or did you have some figuring out to do? Um, I... I guess you could say I knew I wanted to do it, but I also had some figuring out to do because my parents weren't very supportive. Mm -hmm. They knew that I could sing, you know, they were, it's kind of, they're jaded to that. They're like, okay, she can sing, whatever, it's not that big. But they were always the type to tell me like, you know, go to college, get an actual career. Like, yeah, singing's cool, but I don't think they ever believed that I would do anything with it or that I could do anything with it. So I was kind of pressured into going to college after. And I was like, oh, well, yeah, I'll go to college, but I don't really want to do that. Mm -hmm. I would rather work on my music. So I just, like, went into college. I'm, I'm at Fullerton College right now. Oh, nice. Um, but really it's more of something to make my cousins happy because my cousins are like my, my parents yeah. in a way. I'm not really close with my mom or my dad. I don't really talk to them. And I didn't have a good uh, relationship with them growing up. I still really don't. But my cousins are like, they support me. They, you know, they're just, they just want to see me do good. But they also want me to go to college. So mm -hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this because I love you guys. And I want to make you guys happy. But I know that I could also do my music on the side. Mm -hmm. So I moved out here. I was in college, actually. And I met this guy named Tui the Shark, who's mm. also in the Santa Ana music scene. Yeah. And I saw him singing one day in in our little, I forgot what it's called, in that some place like over at Fullerton. Plaza? Yeah. Yeah. I saw him singing, and I was like, dude, this guy's doing exactly what I should be doing. Like, I should be getting out there singing, but I'm too nervous. <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. And one day, I went home. I made a song. I was like, I'm going to show this to him the next time I see him and ask him, like, 
if he knows anything that I could be doing with this. Mm -hmm. So I went, I made the song, I brought it back to him the next day. I saw him and I'm like, hey, I'm sorry, like, I don't know you, (laughs) but I see you singing all the time and I made this song and I was wondering if you could give me any advice, like, is it good? What could I do with this? And he kind of introduced me to the Cool App. Mm -hmm. So uh, I went to the Cool Lab, and there was also another open mic uh, at a former building that was called Sanctuary Sound at the time. And do you know Freddie? Freddie Freddy 714, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, it was his open mic. <laughs> okay. So I performed at both of those, and that was the first time I had ever performed outside of like high school. Yeah. And that, so those were like two big things. I was super nervous. I went, I performed at those. And people seemed to really like it, and Freddie actually ended up inviting me to do another show after that that he had thrown. So that's basically how I got my start in that. And ever since then, I was just kind of like, okay, this is really achievable. Before, I thought like, oh, putting out music, okay, I can do something with this. But Mm -hmm. if I'm actually out there in the community, performing at shows, doing this, doing that, just being involved in the community, it's definitely possible because Mm -hmm. I have made a lot of friends i've made a lot of connections uh, i have a lot of people who now are like hey so me and these people were sitting down talking about a show and you know a lot of people brought your name up so we want you to be there oh, okay nice. and to me i'm just like wow that's amazing i don't know these people but yeah. they hear about me or they see things that i'm doing and they actually appreciate what i'm doing enough and like my voice and the music that i make enough to put me onto their shows mm-hmm. so that's a really big thing for me nice so at the time when you met Tui and then you started performing or you started going to these different open mics, did you have any songs on like a SoundCloud or a Spotify yet? Or yes. is this after? So I had maybe four or five songs out on SoundCloud. Um, they were like, they're the ones from high school, so they yeah. weren't like super up to date. But I was pretty, I was like, okay, well I can perform these. I feel like people would like them. And people really did like them. They were, they would always ask me like, oh, did you do this yourself? Like, did you record this? Mm-hmm. Did you do those harmonies? And I'm like, yeah, I did the whole thing. And they're yeah. like, for real? That's crazy. And uh-huh. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying my best. I mean, I could do better, but mm-hmm. this is what I got for now. What were you recording early on in your music career? Um, So my high school had a studio. Oh, in nice. It, which is pretty crazy. Everyone I tell is like, wow, you're lucky. My high school did not have a studio. And I'm just like... Yeah, I mean, I kind of hated high school, but that It wasn't studio, an art school, right, was it? No, it was It was a newer school. I think it was built in 2010. Oh, okay. Really? So they had a lot of, like, newer things in it. So we had the studio. I would spend a lot of time. Like, I would spend more time in that studio than I actually did in my other classes. <laughs> Dang, I would, like, right. finish my class, like, all the work that I had in class early, and then be like, hey, can I go to Fresquez's class? Like, I want to go work on some music. Yeah. So I would just never be in my classes. Mm-hmm. I would always be in the studio, and my dad would get so pissed. Like, he'd be <laughs> like, why are you leaving your classes to go to the studio? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, sorry. Like, I'm trying to make this happen, yeah. okay? <laughs> So with him being in the military background, did they not really support your music from an early age? So my mom and my dad actually didn't get married. Mm -hmm. This was my biological dad. He doesn't have any military background, but Mm -hmm. uh, I moved in with him from sophomore year to senior year. Uh, Him personally, he, he supported my... I don't know how to explain this. He's really supportive of my music and he likes my voice he knows that i can sing he knows that i'm gonna you know do something with it but to him it's kind of like he wants me to be stable as well and back then it was more of a a thing like they would 
basically disregard my music. Mm. Like, if I was doing anything related to music, they would, like, try to stop it or, yeah. like, get in the way of it or be like, no, you can't stay after school or, like, no, you can't go to that event. Like, yeah. you should be home. Um, just because, I don't know, I guess we were still getting accommodated to knowing each other. I didn't really know my dad very much growing up. So was, I feel like sometimes I think it was, like, a power trip type, type of thing mm -hmm. because there really wasn't anything else for me to do at home. Like, there was no reason for me to be there. But then when I would get, like, awards or when I would get recognized for things at school, they actually made, like, something called the Sparty Awards at school, right? Okay. And so they did, like, Pop Song of the Year, R&B Song of the Year, Hip Hop Song of the Year, uh, Recording Engineer of the Year, and I got R&B, Hip Hop, no, I got R&B and Pop Song oh, of the okay. Year. So they came to that. Um... So they were supportive when I was getting something out of it and like when I was getting recognized from it. But besides that, like me trying to actually make it happen or going to the studio or staying after school or anything like that, they were really against it. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like a like a push and pull type thing. Yeah. And then even when it came to like the awards, it would bother me so much because a lot of the times they would be like, oh, like we don't want to go to your award thing. Oh, like we're tired. Wow. Like we had work, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I would just be like okay but then they would come and then they'd be like oh like oh you're the teacher hi well and i would just get, like i would just get so frustrated i'm yeah. like why can't you keep this energy right, like right, what is right. going on <laughs> but um i think moving out and now being out here is a is really good for that i remember i opened up for bone thugs in harmony with Ooh. gremlin raps last summer mm -hmm. and uh, i had told my mom i was like hey like I don't know, did you ever listen to Bone Thugs and Harmony? And she's like, oh, like in high school, me and your dad would like listen to them all the time. Like we love them. You should ask your dad if he, he, if he wants to go or whatever. So like I told my dad and he was like, you're opening up for Bone Thugs? Like, really? <laughs> Are you serious? That's and I'm like, yeah. So they got super excited. And then for my mom, she got on board when I told her I was making $200 each feature. That's oh, when she got on board. okay. All right. But <laughs> before that, no, they weren't super supportive of it, mm -hmm. which is okay. I think I had a really hard time accepting that in the beginning and even like maybe last year in the beginning too. But recently I've just kind of realized this is something that I'm doing. I really don't need everybody's approval because this is what I want to do. Like it's not their dream. It's my dream. Right. And they can't really hold me back from it now. So mm -hmm. why carry that on with me and be upset like, oh, my parents don't support me because... I do have a lot of people that do support me. Right. And having my cousins around and having them love me and want to help me get whatever it is that I want to get going, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, you know, that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> do you feel like they didn't support you chasing music because just like the lack of like the knowledge of, of the music industry or were they just not big music people or? Um, I, I'm not really sure. Honestly, I feel like maybe it was a mixture of both. Mm -hmm my the way that I grew up was really toxic like my mom and I did mm. not get along at all um it was just a really bad situation and then I I guess I just grew up like moving from place to place and that made me feel kind of unstable and my mom has bipolar disorder so yeah we did not get along I didn't understand her she didn't really understand me and it was just really it was a really big struggle for me. Yeah. And it got so bad to the point where I was like, I can't be like in this household anymore. It was really abusive. Mm -hmm. um, mentally, physically, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. So eventually I was like, all right, I got to do something. Like I got to get out of here. I was really depressed. 
Um, so I was like, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to get out of here. I moved in with my dad and that was honestly the same thing, probably way worse than my mom was. So I was like, fuck, like I got, I got out of one abusive situation and then here I'm in another one. Right. Um, and I was really angry at them cause I was like, why would you put me through this? And then like, why don't you want to support my dreams? Like I'm trying to do something about this. I'm trying to make myself feel better mm-hmm. because I was really depressed and honestly very suicidal at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like a span of eight years oh, wow. and it was really bad. So I was like, music is this one thing that gives me hope, makes me feel like I could get out of this. And I feel like I'm not being supported. And if you're always around your your parents, because my dad didn't really let me go out very much. I mm-hmm. was in my house a lot of the times. He didn't even really like me to be at after school events or anything like that. So I was like, this is just the only thing that's going to pull me out of it. And mm-hmm. I feel like the only people around me aren't willing to at least give me that much. Mm-hmm. But they say they want me to do better and they want me to get better. Right. So it was just kind of like... It was just a really big struggle. I don't even know how to explain it. Yeah. It was just like, I know what I need to do to get out of this, but I can't. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while. And then eventually I was just like, I was I was that girl that was always sad. Like everyone thought that I was happy, but then eventually like that cracked through and you could just tell I was just so, so sad. Like I would cry at school randomly. Like it was just really Damn. bad. And so one day I was like, I don't want to be seen as this victim anymore. Like people think of me and they think that like, I'm just a wreck. Like they think that I'm completely crazy. They, they don't even know, like they don't know what's going on, but they, they probably think I'm insane and I can't keep living like this. I don't want to be a victim for the rest of my life. I don't want people to think I'm doing this for attention. Like this is a real thing, but I can't like keep doing this. I have to pull myself out of it. So one day, like. I just, I was like, can't go on like this anymore. I have to do something. I have to change something. Mm -hmm. And I started kind of pulling myself up out of it. I started thinking more positive. I started trying to surround myself with better people. And um, it really worked Mm because here I am like a few years later. I feel a lot better. I'm like looking back, I'm like, I grew so much. I feel like I'm not even the same person anymore. It's crazy. Have yeah. you ever yeah, have you ever felt like that? Like you yeah, just look back and you're like, yeah, I'm not that person anymore. Yeah, it's funny what like a, a change of environment can do for you. Because for mm-hmm. me, I went to community college right after high school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I wanted to play sports. But I still found myself hanging out with like the same like high school group and not really like growing and still mm-hmm. very like immature. But then I kind of took a leap of faith, just went to Sacramento State, got my oh, di- nice. got my bachelor's degree there. Hmm. But I spent like two and a half years there in, in, in a different city with no one. Like I knew maybe one person from my high school that was there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, like that, that was like basically my experience. Like I matured a lot. I learned how to cook. I learned how to get an apartment, learn how to pay bills. Damn, okay, guys, so I- <laughs> guys, let's get this guy a wife already. Do you <laughs> no, hear him no. cook? I have a girlfriend. <laughs> oh, damn, he has a girlfriend. Never mind, guys. He doesn't need a wife. Maybe in the future he's going to marry his girlfriend. Yeah. It's all good. That's the plan, hopefully. But, yeah, it was like a huge growing process for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of like similar in my house with very little toxic. There's a lot of domestic violence in the household, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. And, like, my dad was battling his own demons and, and my mom was unsure of how to handle situations properly. Yeah. And there was a lot of kind of just like you with music. Like, they didn't really... When I told them I wanted to get into, like, the media world and, like, you know, sports or radio or TV, they're kind of like, what? Like, why don't you just apply to a county job? Why don't you apply to yeah. a state job? Why don't you apply to something with benefits? And 
more of like the desk nine to five setting. And I'm just like, nah, that, that's not really what I want to do. And so they now they're a little bit more open with it. I, I think now they've gone better and being supportive with my dreams. Mm-hmm. But you know, three, four, five years ago, they were kind of like bashing it a little bit. And it was like hard because yeah. it's, you know, like, like you said, like a lot of friends can be supportive, a lot of outside family. But when it's like your two parents that are not supportive of you, you kind of like feel you feel like, oh, like I can't do anything right, you know? Like, yeah. you're always trying to get their approval. Exactly. Because you, you just want to prove to them, like, make them proud. I mean, those are your parents. No matter how they were growing up, you know, you still love them. You still want them to be proud of you. Right. And it kind of crushes you when you feel like, man, this is what I'm good at. Like, this is what I, I really want to do. And I feel like that, even to them, mm-hmm. isn't good enough. So I definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. So going back <laughs> to the performances... Before Bone Thugs and Harmony, you know, you mentioned that you were nervous before performing. What were some of those things that you would do to get rid of, like, pre-performance nerves? Mm, I, if I were not to think about the actual performance before I went up and performed, I wouldn't be nervous. Because mm. I actually love crowds. I love being in the spotlight. I love talking to a bunch of people. I'm really extroverted. But what I do is, I like, before I perform, I'm, like, thinking about, like, oh, I'm about to go up and perform oh, what if I do this? Like, mm. what if I accidentally, I wonder if I can hit that note. Is my voice ready for that right now? <laughs> so then I start like psyching myself out and making myself nervous because thinking about that makes me start like shaking. And I'm like, if I wouldn't have thought about it, then I would have been <laughs> fine. I would have been up there like, hey, what's up guys? You guys all look super good. Like what's going on? And yeah. but, no, I just psych myself out. Mm-hmm. So I think as long as I just don't think about it too much, I'm good. Just being relaxed? Yeah, just relaxed. I like to wing things. Okay. Which I know is not good. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know I should probably... See, people say it's not good, but I feel like just winging it sometimes is the... Because the, I've, I've experienced that too with, like, speeches giving in front of classes mm-hmm. or just... Because when you study things to a T and you want to, like, prepare and it has to go like this and it doesn't go like that, next thing you know, you're kind of, like, thrown out of, thrown out of wreck, yeah. you know? Um, I feel like sometimes it's good. I have definitely done some really great things just winging it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like it's become a problem at this point to where I'm like so like, I don't give a fuck that (laughs) I just go straight to everything and sometimes I'm like, Mm -hmm. probably should have prepared a little bit for that, Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe next time. So I'm trying to do a little bit more of the planning, Mm -hmm. especially because I know in music you should always, I mean, it's cool to wing things now and then, Mm -hmm. but if you want to actually do it at a professional level and you want to actually get somewhere with it, you're going to have to have some type of organization. So I'm trying to train myself a little bit to just be like, all right, this is what I got to do. It's fine. I I don't always have to wing it. Like sometimes you really need to put the time aside to look more into what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm working on. Okay. So that time you opened up for Bone Thugs and Harmony, what venue was that at? That was at the Novo in LA, mm-hmm. and I was so excited. Let me tell you why I was so excited for this. <laughs> okay, so for my birthday, April 25th, I wanted to see Earl Sweatshirt live. Oh, okay. So I had told my mom, like, in advance, you know, I didn't really see my mom, and she was like, what do you want for your birthday? So I was like, well, Earl Sweatshirt, there's some meet and greet tickets. Like, I really, really, really want to meet him. I've loved Odd Future, Tyler, okay, Earl nice. since middle school. Like, big into them. So I was like, so this is what I want. And she's like, all right, for sure. She waited too long to get the tickets, so there were mm. none left. I was crushed. I was like, fuck, I was going to see them live. Like, damn, that hurts. Um, and then one night, I was, I kept seeing him pop up onto my screen, and I would get so mad when I would scroll through Instagram because I'd be like, 
I could have seen him. I could have met him. Mm -hmm. Fuck. And then one night, it was like two nights before my birthday, he like popped up and it was like buy tickets. And I was like, uh, maybe I'll just look at the tickets. I looked at them and I was like, I'm just going to fucking buy them. I don't care. I'm going to buy a ticket. Mm -hmm. So I bought the ticket for the 24th. Mm -hmm. And I went, I saw him at the Novo live right there where I performed. Nice. So then a few, I don't know if it was a few weeks or like maybe a month later. That's when we went to go perform there. And mm -hmm. like I walk up to the venue and I'm like, I was just here. Yeah. Like Earl Sweatshirt was there and I'm up here now. <laughs> so it was really exciting. And I was like, I can't believe I'm performing at a big venue. Like I've never performed at a huge venue like this before. I think there was like 1,300 people or something Ooh, like that. Wow. So that, and then I was like, and like a legend to me is was standing right here so this is a big deal for me mm -hmm. and then on top of that i was like bone thugs in harmony like this is crazy yeah everything's happening at once it gave me a lot of hope mm -hmm. so was that by far the biggest crowd that you performed in front of yes uh -huh. definitely okay nice and then did you receive a lot of positive feedback after your performance from other artists or people that were working there you know i got positive feedback for sure um but I do remember when I was up there performing, and I was thinking this too, because Gremlin, his music is more like, you really, it's like, it gets you in your feelings. Like, it talks about, like, your self-worth. It talks mm -hmm. about, like, breakups, stuff like that. And Bone Thugs is like, you know, like, yeah. they slap. Like, they're not talking about all that shit. <laughs> right. So I was like, uh, when I was here and I was watching the openers for Earl Sweatshirt, I remember just thinking, like, bro, I don't really care. Like, yeah. can Earl come out already? Like, I'm not really feeling this music. Like, you're dope, but, mm -hmm. you know, I'm here for Earl. So I was like, I feel like some people already, already feel that type of way. Like, they just want both yeah. legs to come out. They don't really want to listen to the openers. And on top of that, like, this is not the vibe they came here for. Right. So I remember being up there singing, and it was like, it was Broken People, so it was like an mm. emotional song. And I remember hearing someone in the crowd, and they were like, we don't care. Uh. Where's Bone Thugs? Uh. And I was like, fuck, I was right. Yeah. I, I started getting heated. I was like, bro, do I need to fucking go down there? Like, I'm yeah. small, but I will fuck you up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I remember that. And at first, I was kind of like, damn, that hurts. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to let it get to me. Like, it's it's one person, and even then, like, it's nothing personal. Mm -hmm. I, I've learned recently not to dwell on so many other outside things happening. Mm -hmm. I used to take things very personally. Like, mm -hmm. even if something wasn't directed towards me, I would get so sad. And I would just be like, wow, they probably are trying to say this or like why would they say that to me like blah 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 and I would just think about it way too much and now I'm at a point where I'm just like oh yeah okay cool like I'm gonna <laughs> just brush it off yeah I'm like all right I'm cool see you later mm -hmm. nice that, that's the tough thing with openers though is like I've been to the observatory a lot of concerts before and I remember mm -hmm. seeing schoolboy q at the observatory in 2013 and like mm -hmm. schoolboy q is kind of like hardcore a lot of yeah like gangster rap a lot of party stuff and and just like very hardcore but like one of his openers was like a, a new boys type rapper, like like skinny jeans, and they were kind of like, like it was like a dance craze thing, right? Mm. I forgot the group, but they were very similar to like new boys and yeah. like the jerk music. And I remember they got booed off after like two <gasps> songs because they were like like a lot of the crowd wasn't feeling their stuff. I would cry. Right, I'm but not I yeah, lie. and it's it's kind of sad because like they're they're trying to put out their music, but it's all about finding, especially like if you're an opener. Or like you're actually it's more on the venue, but like when you, when you set up a show, it's like important to have like the right uh, 
the right style of music kind of opening up for the headliner. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, definitely. Because on the flip side, on the observatory, I saw Vince Staples last year, mm-hmm. and opening up for him was this group called Villain Park. And Vince Staples from Long Beach, Villain Park's also from Long Beach. And while their music similar wasn't like identical, yeah. um, it was hip hop. And Villain Park did so well that they got like a standing ovation. Damn. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, so, you have to go with the vibe mm-hmm, for sure. Mm-hmm. So you could tell just like a lot of the people there that were also there for Vince Staples either knew or kind of like just they just vibed well with uh, Villain Park and had good crowd control. And it was like really cool to see because like like I said at the observatory, a lot of times I've been there and seen an artist get like booed or just like. People are just standing there like, what the heck, you know? Yeah. But, you know, it was cool to see Villain Park, like, actually get, like, a round of applause before they went off, you know? Mm-hmm. Actually, that's what I want. One mm-hmm. day, I want that. That's <laughs> <laughs> an opener, nice. So, I saw on Instagram that you mentioned that you're, we're going to take a break from performing for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, why is that? So, basically, my thing with that is, I was putting, I was actually last summer mm. not even gonna lie to you, I was doing a show every weekend if not at least twice mm. that week so it was a lot I was having to first of all Mike I have I had a 1970 Nova at that time mm-hmm. and I still do it's in the garage I got <laughs> this car now um so it, it takes up a lot of gas and I wasn't getting paid for these shows people would just hit me up and be like hey uh we want to put you on this show so I would go to those shows. Usually they would put me on first. Mm -hmm. And I was just kind of like, well, no one's really here for the first performer. And sometimes I kind of felt like maybe is it because, like, I'm so young. Mm Because a lot of the times on the lineup, I'm the youngest person on the lineup. I'm sometimes the only female. Most Mm -hmm. times the only female on the lineup. So I kind of felt like I was getting undermined. And I was kind of just being thrown onto it. Like, yeah, she's good. But, like, we'll just throw her on there, like, first and then you know, everybody else goes after. So I kind of felt like, am I being taken advantage of? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, is there something else going on here that I don't know about? I felt like maybe I wanted a little bit more um, respect or wanted to be treated as an artist, you know, not just like someone to fill up a slot. Mm -hmm. Um, And I will honestly say that I do appreciate a lot of the people who put me on their lineups. I'm really grateful for the opportunity in itself. But I just personally felt like, I, I'm doing this, like, I'm doing it for free, I'm putting my energy into this, mm-hmm. like, I'm putting my money into this, I feel like I need to take a break, because I'm so available all the time, like, everyone's just, like, even people put me on the lineup way before, like, they'll, two days before the show, mm-hmm. and they'll just be like, hey, like, do you want to just be on Last the show? Minute, yeah. yeah, so I'm just kind of like, like, it's not respecting my time, and I've made a lot of changes recently, so I'm just kind of reevaluating everything, and, like, okay, do I want to do this? Is it worth my time? Am I being respected? Um, Just, there's so many factors that go into it now. Mm -hmm. And I also remember being told, like, you know, you're on so many shows that people aren't going to really want to go to your shows because Mm. they're going to be like, well, she does a show, like, every single week, so, I mean, I can catch her next time. Yeah, okay. It's not that big of a deal. She she does a show so often. So I was like, all right, you know, maybe I'll just take a step back. I'll do less shows so I can focus more on creating content rather than going and performing the same content Mm -hmm. because i do have i've been using the same the same set list for the past two years now oh okay all right so i'm like yeah people know the songs they have fun they enjoy them but i personally would enjoy 
bringing new music to the table and performing new things and bringing new vibes that people haven't heard yet. Mm -hmm. So that's also why I took a step back because Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll just create more music, put together a new set list and see how everybody feels about that. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like I'm definitely not the same artist that I started out as. Of course. Even though it hasn't been that long. It's been maybe like four years since I started putting out music. Mm -hmm. I still love that music, but I'm like, that doesn't really represent who I am as an artist anymore, who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this new music I want to put out represents me a lot better. Okay, nice. So how does the preparation before you record a, a new song in the studio, how does that preparation compare to performing a song live? So in a studio, usually, I've been in different studios, so they're they're always different the way they want to record. Some people, they want to start from scratch completely, like they want to make a beat while you're there. Mm-hmm. They want you to write this, write the lyrics while you're there and then record while you're there. Okay. And that's a pretty long session. Yeah. And then I've been to a studio where I bring the beat that I want to use and I have the lyrics written already. And then I've also been in the studio to where I bring the beat. I don't necessarily have the, the lyrics yet. Like I have some lyrics, but not all. Mm-hmm. And then I'll like continue writing the lyrics there and then see like what else fits or what would sound good on the song. Mm-hmm. And then we we kind of build from that and then performing it's just kind of like set you already know what you're gonna do you you practice you know your placement like where you're gonna be standing how you're gonna move what you're gonna do like with your vocals here Mm -hmm. like are you gonna do anything crazy high notes stuff like that and some people switch it up but for the most part I feel like a lot of people will do the same things for Mm -hmm. their performances they have like a set you know I'm gonna do this riff here I'm gonna I'm going to move this way. I'm going to do this dance, you know, that type of thing. So I feel like studio is more lax. Like you're just kind of like vibing performances. I do like to wing them. So I don't always practice what I'm going to do. But I know a lot of other artists who do actually practice like their placement and what they're going to, you know, how they're going to say things or whatever else. Mm -hmm. So when you're making a song, do you need a beat first and then you kind of write lyrics or do you have something written and then you find a beat that kind of matches for it? I started off writing lyrics first, and this was before I actually started recording my music. I would write songs, and then I would, like, try to build a beat through the song. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved out here, I would get sent beats a lot. So Mm -hmm. it just became easier for me to just, whatever, I would go through all the beats people sent me, figure out which one I vibe to, and then write to it. So I guess you could do it both ways, but... For me, it's a lot easier and it takes a lot less time for me to just listen to a beat and then write to it. Mm -hmm. So when you said you get sent by different beats, is it just by like a lot of random producers or people that you know? Because I noticed a lot of like your music, you have a lot of like on some of the older stuff on SoundCloud is like Mm -hmm. a lot of like hip hop style beats with the snares and everything. Yeah. So when I first started, I would go on YouTube Yeah. and I would like listen to whatever type beat. (laughs) I don't know. And um, I'd be like, okay, I'm feeling this. Like this is super dope. So I would start writing to that. Um, I did have a friend. His name was Strawn. He goes by Garden Boy, I believe. Mm -hmm. He made me a beat for my favorite song, which is On My Mind Mm -hmm. or not On My Mind. Or was it On My Mind? Yes, it was On My Mind. He made me that beat. So I had one friend, um, and then I also had a friend named Isaac. Mm-hmm. He made me the beat for Trippin' Off Your Love, which is also on SoundCloud. Mm-hmm. And then now, um, I started off working with Don Levon. He's a really, really good producer in L.A. Okay. Um, he is actually the person who produced the beat for A Moment right. and Pick Up, which uh-huh. are the two that are on all streaming platforms. And then from there, I have like beats from just a bunch of 
I put out like a thing on my story one time and I was like, hey, like send me beats, like my email's open. And I just got like <laughs> so many beats. Like I was like looking at my email like, who the fuck are these people? <laughs> like I appreciate y'all, but like at least put your like Instagram Name, tag yeah. or some shit. Like I don't know whose beats these are, but there's a lot. Yeah. So I was like sifting through beats for like two weeks straight. Mm-hmm. I was just like going through like, okay, this one's cool. This one's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just kind of a mix. I know people who are like, hey, I really like your music. We we kind of like have a friendship type thing. And then we start working together more. And then I have people who are just like, hey, I don't know you, but I've heard you. And I think this fits your style. I would mm-hmm. like you to sing over it. And they'll just send me beats. Yeah. But my thing when I work with people is I do not like working strictly for business. Mm-hmm. I, I hate working with people that are just about money. That are just like, yeah. hey, like here's a beat. This is how much I want you to pay me. Uh, you can use it. Or like people who don't really care about me as an artist. Mm-hmm. They're just like, like, hey, let's work. They just see it as like a business opportunity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I like working with people who are like, hey, like I've listened to your music. I really like your voice. I mean, I think you could do this better. Um, I see potential. I really like this. I thought this would go well with your voice. Mm-hmm. Here. I So that's what I like to work with, and I like building a connection with those people. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel like I work best, because I don't feel as comfortable when somebody's like just business, mm-hmm. and I'm a very friendly person. I like to be friends with people. I like to talk to people, so that just works for me better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like right now, too, like, the market's very flooded with a lot of producers just because, like, I have a lot of friends from high school. One of them is a very good friend. He produces, like, the instrumentals that I play in, in the intros and outros of the show. Mm-hmm. But he produces beats, and he has, like, a SoundCloud page, his band camp, and, you know, but I know, like, 10 other people that do the same thing. Yeah. So it's, like, I feel like a lot of the times they're just trying to, like, just like an artist like you are, they're trying to get their work out there for other people. And for them, mm-hmm. it's even, like, less recognizable because at least – you know they do have like their soundcloud pages but you know like people are looking for like music from an artist not so much like just beats from a producer but the good thing about that is so many people can make music now literally everybody wants to make music now anyone with an iphone yes literally they're just like i want to make music now like so they everybody's looking for beats like Mm -hmm. i know a lot of people who look for beats and it is really hard because there is so many producers and it's like how do you find new producers like you just mm-hmm. have to have the connections you have to know a person that knows the person or right you know because they don't always have all of the the buzz or they're not as popular as other people mm-hmm. so i definitely get that's difficult but i i really like to because i know people who don't have a lot of followers but make amazing beats yeah like, there's this guy um brayden dj mm-hmm he makes amazing beats and they're my style like they're like they sound spacey like atmospheric but they're also like hip-hop slash trap and i'm like these are amazing like yeah. how do you make these <laughs> this is why don't people why aren't people coming to you this yeah. is crazy so i definitely know and it bothers me when people are just like yeah but look he has like 200 followers mm-hmm. it's like well I mean, everyone starts off at the bottom. Right. Everyone starts off with zero and works their way up. I mm-hmm. mean, just because somebody doesn't have like a million followers doesn't mean that they're not talented. Of course, right. So, so that kind of frustrates me sometimes when people are just judging based on like how many followers they have or how many comments they have. Mm-hmm. Social media plays a big role right yeah (laughs) it almost seems like we're based off of living off like the social media personality Mm -hmm. or persona or what your profile says versus like what actual like work you put out in real life you know that's very true Mm -hmm. it's frustrating but 
I mean, it's it's where we're headed, so mm-hmm. I guess we just got to jump on board. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk more about your music. One of the songs I really liked the moment, I also wanted to talk, mm-hmm. ask you about the music video. Uh-huh. What kind of inspired you for the, the visuals in that music video? So um, I had a videographer who had hit me up. His name is Steven Miranda. Mm-hmm. He had hit me up and he was like, hey, like, I like your music. Um, I, I do music videos. Would you be down like to do a music video? Um, I think I sent him some songs and he was like, this is what I imagine. And originally, the vision was so different than the actual music video. Mm-hmm. But we kind of did it last minute to where we just kind of, fuck it, let's wing it, you uh-huh. know? So he's like, all right, so here's the idea that I have. Like, bring some Polaroids of you and some guy, like multiple. Bring like some posters from your room. And I had an Ariana Grande poster, yeah. a Tyler the Creator Tyler. poster, and then a poster that someone did for me of myself as like Space Queen Devereaux. Mm-hmm. So I like brought those and then... Uh, I didn't end up getting the pictures though, so he was like, "Okay, well, like, we'll, we'll figure some other shit out." Yeah. <laughs> so then, when we got there, he was like, "All right, so this is what I envisioned: like, you just on the bed, like, you know, just, just sing, move around, whatever else. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have like different outfits. You'll be in different areas." And so it was really, it wasn't too intricate. It, there wasn't like a bunch of stuff that went into it. It was just kind of like a, "All right, this is what I feel would look good." Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to. I felt like when I first came out into this music scene, a lot of people saw me as like, oh, like, you know, this sweet little, little girl, like she sings, she has a good voice. And for some reason that bothered me, I guess. Um, And I would just be like, well, you know, you guys don't really know me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's cool. Like, it's good to be known as like the good girl. But at the same time, that's not really what I want. I don't want to be undermined or or because I'm like sweet and like cute and blah, blah, So I was like... I kind of want to bring out like a more sexy side mm-hmm. because I don't want people to think that I'm just like some little girl because a lot of people did think that uh-huh. and even like who I work with now like I first came she's like how old are you you look like you're 16 and I was just like <laughs> I'm 19 I'm gonna turn 20 this year but thank you <laughs> so um yeah I was just like I want to bring out like a sexy side to this so he was like all right for sure like we'll get some bed shots like we'll just do your makeup whatever else and we'll just play off of like the the how do I explain like the bad bitch whatever vibes mm-hmm. and so that's what we went with um that was my first music video right. so I was not the best mm-hmm. it, it wasn't the best I feel like I have a lot of learning to do I'm not the I'm not the best actress mm-hmm. but um I just told myself like you know what it's not perfect it's my first music video or well second but my first solo music video so I still have a lot more that I'm going to be doing. I'm going to learn more and more. Like I want to take some acting classes so that oh, nice. I can do better in my upcoming music videos. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing. I was like, I'm not going to be too hard on myself. I think that the video itself as a whole is really good. He did an amazing job. I liked working with him. And I'm really appreciative that he wanted to work with me and he mm-hmm. reached out to me. So honestly i really do like the video it was kind of a just wing it type thing yeah and um i'm looking forward to making better ones in the future Mm -hmm. the fullerton college drama department in like theater that's really good because i work at the or intern at the radio station there on Mm -hmm. campus on fullerton college but it's right next to the drama and i didn't even know they had a radio station yeah they do do. i need to get more involved like um what is going on here you you should yeah you should reach out to them they have like different classes as Mm -hmm. far as like audio 
production techniques and that yeah, kind of stuff? Yeah, I definitely t- I took um, digital music, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So I did that. I'm taking like vocal lessons this semester. Um, but I did want to take a drama class. I just don't think they had like the times that oh, I needed. Okay, so I was yeah. like, I'll save it for next semester. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, but no one knows there's a radio station there. It's like on the yeah. Lemon Street side of campus. So it's like on the far, mm-hmm. if you're looking at it like from the, the main library, like mm-hmm. looking at the main library, it's on the far left. Oh, um, all the way tucked in there. It's like a big brick building. But there's a big like neon sign now. Uh, right on top of the door, it says 90.1 KBPK. Dang. So it's cool. It's, it streams 24 hours. Um, I'm more of like on the sports side of things and do a lot of stuff for the YouTube page mm-hmm. covering like Fullerton College Athletics. Yeah, football. I have seen that on your page. Yeah. So. That's why I was like, he wants me to do music? Yeah. But I don't know anything about sports. No, no, that's <laughs> right. no I have tried to be as versatile as possible. You yeah, know? definitely. That's a good thing for yeah. sure. Yeah. But it's a, yeah, you should definitely check out the radio program out and see if like you can maybe work with them or even yeah, record there. Because I know I. I recorded a few podcasts there. It's just about like finding the time slots where there's no class available, mm-hmm. but they're they're pretty supportive of like individuals as a students and stuff like that. Yeah. It's a college, you know. They're trying to have people go on to the next level as well, you know. Mhm. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. So the another video that I found on YouTube with you featured in it was Tough Love. Was that before a moment or was that after a moment? So that was before. That was actually Valentine's Day. Mm, okay. Um that was with Tui the Shark. And that was my first music video, and I just, I remember having a lot of fun, but that pool scene, Mm -hmm. it was fucking cold. (laughs) It was cold as fuck. I was dying. Like, I was sitting in that little donut, whatever the hell that thing is, in that pool, freezing. (laughs) It was terrible. So was it, you actually recorded, like, during February, January, that time of year? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So... (laughs) It was fun. I will say that. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of fun because, I, like I said, I hadn't done any music videos before that. It was my first one. I was kind of like, yeah, like, this is my moment to shine. Mm-hmm. But um, looking back, I'm like, girl, you need to get some acting classes. <laughs> like, let's let's work on this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely know there's room for improvement. Mm-hmm. I noticed, too, in the video, you had your blue hair dyed. You, you had your hair dyed blue, mm-hmm. and then you had the bright orange shoes. Yes. Who, who kind of inspires your style? Um, I really think that that's all me. Okay. I'm terrible when it comes to fashion, not going to lie to you. <laughs> um, but I think I remember being so insecure about so many things when I first moved out here, and I would always talk about, like, I don't dress like these girls. Like, I, I, don't, I don't look like girly I, I like wearing vans and I like dressing like a skater I don't yeah. I don't like wearing a lot of dresses or skirts like I rarely put a dress on this is like <laughs> not usual right so um I would always be insecure and somebody told me like people will like you for who you are like yeah you might not be super fashionable you might not dress like all cute like other girls but you have your own style you have your own flair mm-hmm. and I did meet people who were like you know I do like you a lot because you're not like most girls. Like, you don't dress like most girls, and I think that's really cool. Mm -hmm. So I think I've just come to a realization, like, my style, no matter what it is, like, yeah, I can be kind of weird sometimes, but Mm -hmm. it's my style, and I can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm not, like, some kind of fashionista or whatever, Mm -hmm. I have my own flair, and it draws attention. Mm -hmm. Like, personally, I don't know, do you know Priscilla? Do you know Priscilla from Mm -hmm. Cool Lab? No, I don't know Priscilla. No. Well, there is this girl named Priscilla, and she always has the cutest outfits ever, like heels. Like, she's just dressed. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, 
I really aspire to be like her. She looks so good. <laughs> but um, yeah, I would always compare myself to other girls and be like, I want to dress like that. I want to dress like that. And people would just be like, why don't you just appreciate, you know, how you already dress, appreciate how you are. People like you for that. Like if you dressed like that, then you wouldn't be the same person. Like you'd be trying mm-hmm. to be somebody else. Yeah. So that's when I was like, all right, you know what? I'm just going to embrace how weird my style is, and I'm just going to go all in. Yeah, there So you that's kind of where, like, the Rugrat shirt in the video, like, the shorts, the blue hair, and, like, <laughs> the neon orange Air Force Ones. Right? Like, that's where that came from. I was just like, fuck it. I'm going to be really positive about this. I'm just going to go out and do it. Mm-hmm. That's important, though. I think, like, a lot of artists have, like, their signature style, too, mm-hmm. right? Like, in a music video and stuff like that. But I, I did want to ask, because as, as, as the music industry as a whole, when you look at a lot of, like, the females at top of the, the industry, a lot of them, I feel like they, they get to the top because they sell their body. Or they when, when they get to the top, they have to, like, show more body, right? They have to mm-hmm. dress sexy, whether it's the Cardi B's yes. or the Nicki Minaj's, that kind of type. How do you feel about, like, that kind of stereotype and that kind of like persona with the woman in the industry right now you know i have to say that that happens a lot and and even i was working with somebody who was trying to manage me and they had told me like no you know you're gonna have to like you know sex sells you're gonna Mm. have to wear like less like you're gonna have to do photo shoots wearing less clothes you're gonna show more skin and at first I was like, oh, that's not me. Like, I'm not really that type. I mm-hmm. like jeans. I like t-shirts. I like hoodies. I don't, I'm not comfortable with my body. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying like, oh, like my body isn't good. But I'm just personally, I feel awkward, like wearing certain things. Right. Um, so I'm just like, that's not really me. But then he would tell me like, no, like sex sells. You're going to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. And that kind of made me feel weird and... I would do that on my own. Like, if I wanted to show skin, I mean, I would do it. If I was comfortable, I would do it. I have a lot of respect for girls who are comfortable enough to show off that much skin. Cardi B, Nicki Minaj, whoever else. Like, I think that's actually empowering. Mm -hmm. Because I think women are really beautiful. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, okay, yeah, like, you can show your body. I respect that. As as long as, like, it's for the right reasons. Yeah. You know, because you can tell some people do it for certain things that are negative and some people do it because you know they're like i love my body i want to show off my body Mm -hmm. and i feel like even girls on twitter there is a lot of only fans girls on twitter yeah there is huh (laughs) and i gotta be honest i have respect for them and i see a lot of people bashing them like oh like you're showing your body like you're a whore like blah blah blah. and i see it and i'm just like dude you have a really nice body like I would do it. Fuck yeah, it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's people watch porn, right? Right. <laughs> so yeah. what's wrong with people making money from their body? Mm-hmm. So I feel very empowered by that. Personally, I have no problem with girls feeling like they should show their body. But I mean, I feel like they should do it because they're confident, not because they feel pressured into it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it really sucks that people think that the only way that you can be famous or be at the top is if you show your body. Like, right. Of course, people like that, but... It shouldn't always be about the image. It mm-hmm. should be about the music. If that's what you're doing, if you're doing this for music and that's not really part of your style, mm-hmm. then, you know, just stick to who you are and 
do that unless you choose like hey i want to show more skin Mm -hmm. then that should be your choice but i don't feel like people should be pressured or told like you're not going to be big unless you show your skin Mm -hmm. so that's how i feel Mm -hmm. and i asked that question because one of my favorite female artists right now is rhapsody i don't know if you ever heard of her i haven't she's a okay well she's a female rapper i encourage you to look her up because she her album last year in 2019 Mm -hmm. it was titled eve but like every track was like named after a uh uh, inspiring black woman that she had when she was growing up mm-hmm. from like Queen Latifah to Oprah to yeah. to all these different people from Cleopatra and she's named a song after each one of them but she has like really good lyrical content but I feel like no one really knows about her unless you're like a really deep hip-hop head that likes the lyrics and stuff like that yeah but a lot of people know about who Megan the Stallion is a lot of people know who Doja Cat is you mm-hmm. know people who knew who Cardi B are and, and that it's kind all of stuff. because of the image right and so it's just like I feel kind of I don't say I feel bad but it's like almost like a disadvantage even like Ari Lennox I really like her voice she's really good and her, and her vocals SZA as well but they don't have that same attention or spotlight versus Megan the Stallion who you know all she has to do is like twerk in a music video and now she has like a million exactly. followers yeah mm-hmm. that is very common and I mean if if that's what you feel like you need to do to get to the top but I feel like we're in the music industry and if you want to make music then focus on your music mm-hmm. I feel like the right people will gravitate gravitate towards you um everybody has like their specific fan base mm-hmm. so you have like Megan the Stallion, they want that style. Like, they like that. They mm-hmm. like seeing her twerk. They like her style. Doja Cat, they like her style. They like... She's funny. Like, mm-hmm. they like that. But people all gravitate towards their own... Whatever they like the most. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like... I used to think that I wanted... The un- amount of fans that, like, Lana Del Rey has. Or, oh, yeah. Or the amount of fans that, like, Taylor Swift had. I... Not gonna lie, I'm so sorry, but I have bashed Taylor Swift right. so many I times. Saw that. <laughs> but when I was younger, I was the biggest Taylor Swift fan. Oh, like wow, I grew okay. up loving Taylor Swift when she made like the the country music. Mm-hmm. So I I really loved her, and I would look up and be like, one day I want as many fans as Taylor Swift. Mm-hmm. One day I want as many fans as Lana Del Rey. And then now that I'm making music and I'm actually putting it out and seeing, I'm like, you know what? I really don't feel like I need that many fans because as long as I have my group Mm. and I have the people who support me, I feel like I'm already making it. Mm -hmm. And of course, my, my goal is to grow eventually. Right. But I feel like I would be just as content with a few thousand followers as I would be with millions. Mm -hmm. So I feel like... People or artists, for the most part, appreciate their fans already, even mm-hmm. if it's not as big as they they want in the end. They have their big group or they have their, their group of fans who really appreciate them. And I think that even if they want more, they still really appreciate what they have. Mm-hmm. So it's not as big of a deal as we probably make it. Like We're like, oh, well, like you should have more fans than this person. But really, I don't think they mind as much. Right. I think they're just, like, wrapped up in their own thing. And they're like, okay, cool. I'm doing my own thing. I'm not really worried about all that. Mm-hmm. And I still think it's cheesy to say, but I still think it's quality over quantity. Yes. Because there's so many different lanes in music right now. Mm-hmm. I had the chance to interview uh, Danny Lay for, like, one of my internships. Mm-hmm. And so she has her own lane in music. I've, like, heard Cody Shane. And she has, like, that trap style. But she's a female artist. And then there's, like, Lizzo, too. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different, like, lanes females can go to. And just, like, even in general, like, males, whatever kind of artist you are, there's a lot of yes. different lanes of music, hip-hop, and R&B where no two hip hops will sound 
songs will sound the same because yeah. there are so many different like fan bases and stuff mm-hmm. i remember you mentioned it like earlier too odd future or sweatshirt i remember being in high school and like when odd future first came out a lot of people odd future was more of like the counterculture right like a lot of mainstream people they were on i don't even know who was big at the time like uh katie perry was big at the time yes uh taylor swift was big at the time trying to think of like big hip-hop artists at the time i really can't think of them yeah i'm not gonna lie i really can't i know tyga like kind of blew up right after then um mac miller was like starting to get big same with kendrick lamar i was like Mm -hmm. really big into mac and kendrick and and casey veggies but tyler creator and them was like it was almost kind of like the forbidden fruit if you like them right exactly i remember buying an odd future shirt at a festival and it was like i don't know where i can wear this around you Mm -hmm. know because uh, I know when I wore it one time leaving to like a like just to go out with friends my parents were like what the fuck are you wearing right now because it was like upside down cross you know yeah so no, you know they I had that kind that. of stuff so no. I was like damn <laughs> <laughs> one time I was playing an odd future um cd right in my yeah. room and my dad comes in and he's like what the fuck <laughs> are you listening to this is not music turn this shit off like yeah. he was so pissed and I was just like I don't know. This shit's pretty fire to me. <laughs> what 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 uh what album was it? I believe it was Volume Two. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it was. Okay. I had like three, three okay. at the time, and I would like go back, and then I had um Doris mm-hmm. by uh, Earl. Mm-hmm. So I would just like go back and forth with all of them, and um, yeah. So I had a lot of them. My dad like really hated them. Yeah. My dad was just like, "This is not music. Like, turn this shit off." But now that I look back, it was really dark. Like, mm-hmm. it was really oh, dark. Oh, yeah, like Goblin and everything? Yes, it was so dark. And people now are just like, if cancel culture was a thing, <laughs> uh, then, like, Tyler would not be big right now. Like, back mm-hmm. then, if it was a thing, like, he would be canceled because of all the shit he said. And, like, they hold that against him, and I'm just kind of like, yeah, he said some really fucked, like, they all said some really fucked up shit. Yeah. But at the same time, I think about it, and I'm like, who didn't say stupid shit when they were younger? Yeah, like, exactly. I said, I said some really dumb shit when I was younger, like really dumb. So that's why, like, when I see people on Twitter that are like bashing someone for something they said when they were like eleven or twelve, and they're yeah. like, "Oh, she's fucking racist," or "He's yeah. racist." He said this, and I'm just like, they were younger, like they don't they probably didn't even know what they were saying yeah, they were just saying exactly. dumb shit. Like you can't really hold that against them. I never liked people that grow too, yeah. like. So that's how I feel about that too. Yeah, I never liked that because like, especially in sports, you see a lot of it. Like there'll be a, a player who does really good for half a season and everyone's loving him. And then they go back and find out his Twitter when he was 16 years old. He said, you know, some something about like Hitler or something about like black people or some, something like yeah. borderline con, uh, controversial. And all of a sudden, like the entire like nation's at his back and he has to apologize for something he said six seven years ago and i'm like wow that's and crazy the thing so about i think that yeah the thing about that is like there are those kids in yeah. school that are like me like they're walking memes mm-hmm. like they just say controversial shit they don't yeah, even mean to, to say anything they don't even mean what they're saying right they're just saying it because like it's funny they think it's funny or like they just want to get a rise out of people they don't actually mean it so that's like that's the type of kid that i was i was a big tomboy when i was younger so I would say stupid shit, like <laughs> dumb shit. 
and it's just like yeah it, it it's fucked up but it's meant to be a joke and not only that but we're young like we don't really know the impact that that has on people we don't really know how that's going to make people feel and we don't intend for people to take that as seriously mm-hmm. so that's that's why i really hate when i see people are like no like they said this when they were 15 or they said this when they were 16 like they're canceled you know they're racist they're this they're that like they don't get any redemption like they're just basically like they said this they don't they're not coming back from it and i always argue back with that and i'm just like okay well like did you do anything stupid when you were younger yeah okay but did you change like did you feel bad about it and then did you change after that so you're saying even though you changed you're still not allowed to be forgiven right because you made a mistake which is normal Mm -hmm. so yeah that bothers me a lot (laughs) i know a lot of people i think try and maybe think too highly of themselves and think that they never made a mistake but we all said some dumb shit whether it was on social media or not exactly we all had dumb feelings or dumb expressions and i I don't know it's just yeah i'm just too hard i'm waiting for it well when i blow up i'm waiting for them (laughs) to go back pull my comment about taylor swift from twitter (laughs) where i said she can't dance or sing i'm Uh waiting for them to pull that and then then be like you're fucking canceled because you said that shit loki after i made that comment and i posted it I got so many fucking Taylor Swift stands. Really? They like went oh, onto my no page. Way. They went onto my page. They started commenting on all my shit. And they're like, you can't fucking sing. Like, mm. it, what is this? And I was just like, Damn. I know you're capping so hard right now. So I'm not even going to be mad at you. But it's okay. Dang. And then I, but <laughs> I felt even like, I really didn't care that they were trolling me. But what I felt really bad about was people were like, retweeting the comments so much. Mm. And like, liking it so much. And I was like, bro i feel bad like i really didn't even mean this shit like yeah. i know she can sing and i know she can dance i just personally don't like her music now right but like i feel bad now because it's getting a lot of attention and i Damn. don't i'm not trying to be like fucked up like that i, I just made it like as that. a joke no yeah like she has some fucking <laughs> i also made a comment saying like I'm con- I'm convinced all Taylor Swift stands are 14 year old girls. <laughs> Not gonna lie, that's that's just how I feel. And like they like screenshotted it, put it on their page, and was like, um, Taylor stands like or whatever the fuck they call themselves. Oh like, my god! Drop a comment if this is untrue. And so like you see a bunch of comments under no it where way. like people are like, she's wrong. I'm 21. Or like she's oh wrong. I'm 43. She's wrong. I'm like. 60 something and i'm just like that's not that doesn't help the kid like that just yeah you should just stay quiet (laughs) but yeah dang you started like a whole little like rivalry or like a little beef with nobody when when i blow up nobody's gonna like me that likes taylor swift like taylor swift stands are not gonna like me no crossover it's fine it's all right (laughs) i'll live with it what if you got big enough to the point where taylor swift asked you to do a feature would you say yes oh probably not (laughs) If it was, like, old Taylor Swift, yeah. like, if she wanted to do one of the older songs, but I, they play, like, her songs on the radio when I'm at work, mm-hmm. and I just, like, I'm just standing there, like, mm-hmm. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like, I really don't like this. Like, I, I want it to go back. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of her pop music, but I really did like her more meaningful, like, country mm-hmm. music, so... And I think people are always like, why do you always talk about Taylor Swift? And mm-hmm. I'm just like, because I loved her so much. And yeah. now she's not that at all. Mm-hmm. And I do appreciate, like, obviously she's doing big things. She's making money. like. But the only reason I comment on her is because I'm no one right now. Like, yeah. really? Why would she care? Mm-hmm. Like, that's why, that's what I was, like, thinking when everybody was trolling me after that. I was just like, 
you guys really think Taylor Swift cares if somebody that's no one says she can't sing or dance? Right, Like, she yeah. obviously shows otherwise to yeah. millions of people. Like, why would she care what I say? Like, just calm down. Yeah. <laughs> and I think people who have, like, are such diehard Taylor Swift fans or whatever the artist or, like, sport even, there's a lot of, like, hardcore mm-hmm. sports fans. I think there's, like, an internal problem when you're, like, so passionate about one individual or one, like, sport where they, like you're willing to stick out your neck for them when they don't even care who you are yeah, and don't even really know don't. you. It's yeah. like, man, what are you doing? Like people, you know, in sports, like you see people, rival teams, like get into fights all the time. But it's like, yeah. you realize like the coaches, the owners, the players, they don't even know who you are. Yeah. In fact, like you're thinking you're defending like their territory. It's, but it's you're stupid. really not doing, you're not making a dent in really anything. Not at all. No, and I completely understand, like, because with, Ta- with Taylor Swift, they are super protective, like mm-hmm. super fucking protective. But then, like, I'm that way kind of with Tyler, the creator. Or, like, Mm. Earl Sweatshirt. Like, when someone's like, Tyler sucks, like, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, how? Like, what do you mean he sucks? And I kind of see it. Like, he's not a vocalist. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for a vocalist and you're listening to Igor, you're like, dude, this guy can't fucking sing. Like, this is trash. But then if you've been there for the whole time and you you see the evolution, you're like, actually, he's doing something really different. Like, he's Mm. actually... He's actually good. Like, he's not trying to be some big vocalist Mm -hmm. and that's the thing like you can't compare ariana grande and taylor swift because their vocal styles are completely different Mm -hmm. so if you're looking for a vocalist you're probably going to go towards ariana Mm -hmm. if you're looking for like a musician you're going to go towards taylor swift Mm -hmm. so it's really different and i'm like all right i'm not going to hold it against you i i have my people that i would like probably get in an argument for Mm -hmm. tyler creator earl sweatshirt i would get in arguments for them Mm -hmm. no problem so <laughs> <laughs> because you're a big Tyler fan what was one of your what was your favorite album that Tyler has put out you know I never listened to things in albums okay but my favorite songs growing up were um Colossus mm-hmm. which is like I listened to that and I'm like dude whoa I rap this like shit like this is bad but I don't care it was still my favorite so it was Colossus there was a song called um White <clears throat> yeah really like that one there was a song called... I'm trying to figure out all my favorite ones. Obviously, Yonkers. Everyone yeah, loved Yonkers. Yeah, Yonkers was like what first put me onto him, too. Yeah, that's that's what I hear from everyone. They're like, Yonkers, that's what. Yeah, because he ate a freaking cockroach like yeah, in the video. Yeah, like... and then he hangs himself at the end of it. Yeah. So that's a lot. So that definitely brought in a she. Mm, she out with Frank crazy. Ocean. Yeah. yeah. They played that at... Um, there was like an Odd Future... Festival? No, it was like a... At La Santa in Santa Ana. Oh, okay. It was like a Odd Future, future Night. Yeah. And they played that, and I went crazy. Damn. Like, I thought I was going to pass out after that because I was fucking, I was going <laughs> off. I was like, this is my shit. Like, they need to have more things like this. Yeah. So, yeah, those were, like, my top. Um, there's one song. I don't remember the name of it, but I really love it. It's like, um... <clears throat> I'm getting nervous now. It's like, she's all alone with a bottle of Patron. I see her and I scream on the phone. Um, you know that I want it, baby. Know that I want it with you. That's why I don't know what the song is called. No, but I, I really like that song. I, I'll remember eventually. Yeah. Probably when I get in my car, I'm like, that's the song. Yeah. But Come on, man. I love that song mm-hmm. so much. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't know it. Mm-hmm. So. Favorite song from Igor? <clears throat> I think Gone Gone Thank You is my favorite song mm-hmm. from Igor or um, I Don't Love You Anymore. Okay. Really good. Yeah. I love those two. 
What are you? What are your favorite songs from Igor? Do you even like Igor? I do like Igor. It wasn't like if I took as an album as a whole. I really like Flower Boy more. Yes, Flower um, Boy was so good. Yeah, that I one agree. just like there was a lot going on, and I think it was kind of like a good. It served like almost as like a prequel to Igor, I think, or like there's a lot of like similar sounds in Flower yeah. Boy that he experimented Definitely. with that he goes like full force with in Igor. So I, I like Igor. I think. I'm gonna be basic. I like Earthquake a lot. Um, yeah, no, that's and, it deserves the recognition. Right. It's really good. And I forget the exact, but it's like a boy is a gun. I think yeah. or a boy. I forget mm-hmm. the exact title. Mm-hmm. It might be a boy mm-hmm. is a gun. Yeah, that is it. Yeah. So I, I really like those two songs from Igor, but I still really like Flower Boy a lot. Flower Boy will probably forever be my favorite album by mm-hmm. him. Forever. Yeah. And then I, you know, even going back to like Bastard and some of his older stuff, I was a big fan of that. Like mm-hmm. just now when I try and go back and listen to it, it doesn't feel the same when I listen to it but mm-hmm. I remember like at the time when I was 16 17 18 like listening to like that kind of that genre and just on future as a whole because I was really big into like Haji beats yeah he's, um, he's dope yeah Domo Genesis was cool when I started smoking um so just like I remember being like all into them at that time and it's like you really resonated even though they were saying like wild stuff yeah like I just really resonated at the time and I think that's why they they got so popular because they grew they did it organically like you were they weren't just like a lot of the rappers now or artists will just try and say like wild stuff like fuck trump or fuck whatever Mm -hmm. but i felt like tyler the creator and odd future they did it very organically and you could tell yeah um and and that's why i think they have so many fans now they were just being themselves yeah (laughs) they're saying some stupid shit but (laughs) that was them whatever yeah Yeah, i agree with that it doesn't hit as it doesn't hit as much now Mm -hmm. but i just remember like going crazy to those songs like showing everybody like listen to this shit and my friends would be like uh <laughs> what? what is this <laughs> right and i was just like you don't think this shit is hard like what the <laughs> fuck are you what i think that's maybe why i didn't have a lot of friends that were females mm. back in the day i still really don't have that many female friends but like i would show girls their music and they would be horrified like yeah. they were just like you listen to this like what is this yeah. but then i would show my homies and they'd be like this shit's dope like yeah fuck this and i'm like yes yeah. finally someone gets me yeah especially because like I, I hung around like a very mellow crowd like i never mm-hmm. really went to parties in high school right after it was a lot more kickbacks yeah and so i remember times like they would ask me to dj because like a lot of people liked my music collection mm-hmm. but every now and then i would try and sneak like an odd future song or something in there from like mellow high or something <laughs> And they'd be like, what the fuck? Like, what like skip it. Shit? You know, like, what the fuck is this shit? This is not a like, kickback oh music. Gosh. And I was like, damn, I tried. I tried. <laughs> yeah. There was a few that they would vibe with. Like, I remember one of them, there was a song by Mellow High, which was Damo Genesis, Haji Beats, and Left Brain. Mm-hmm. And it was called Go. And that song was like, that was a bumper. Like, that was pretty popular. But everything else was just like, They were just like, no, nah, we don't want to hear it. Skip, yeah. We're over it. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, so it was fun. That was like good times for sure. I look back at the music. Like, when I listen to it, I don't like it now, but I... I, it throws me back. It very makes me feel like mm-hmm. nostalgic. I'm like, ah, oh, 18-year-old me. I can definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so as we wrap this up, I did want to ask some like fun questions towards the end of the show. Just kind of All have right. some fun with it. If you could have any kind of exotic pet, pet, what would it be? Does a penguin count? Yeah, that's exotic. Then definitely a penguin. <laughs> that's my favorite animal. Mm-hmm. So penguins, I just think they're so cute. Mm-hmm. Well, they're actually ugly cartoon penguins are cute yeah but i just like i want to hug them yeah and there's different kind of penguins too like there's those you've seen happy feet right there's like the tall emperor penguins right and then there's like the short like like ramon and those guys yeah the tall ones those ones i think i wonder how tall they are in real life do you know no i don't know probably like three three four feet they're almost as tall as me 
I'm only five foot, so well, here <laughs> there we you go. go. <laughs> <laughs> if you could have any kind of superpower, what would it be? I would want to teleport. Mm. I would just like appear wherever I wanted, mm-hmm. or invisibility. Oh yeah, that's one, of nice. one of I those. I like invisibility too, because then you could just like be sneaky and stuff. Yeah, but then people would still see if you're gone, like. Yeah, that's true. So maybe just teleporting. Yeah, that'd be nice. It would save a lot of like time and traffic. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate traffic, so yes. <laughs> what are some uh, like favorite things that you eat right now? I really like sushi. Mm-hmm. I really like ramen. There's like a really fire ramen place by uh, Fullerton College. Mm-hmm. Um, pizza with pineapples on it. Oh. I don't care what anyone says. <sighs> That shit hits. You don't like pineapple I, I don't pizza? Like pi- I'm don't fucking like- out. <laughs> All right, see ya. <laughs> I don't like pineapple on pizza, but I like pineapple on other stuff. Have I you like- tried pineapple on pizza? Yeah, I have. I just you just don't like it. I what? Don't like it. What's like, going on here? Why am I biting into a, a fruit as I'm eating a pizza? Like I don't know. It just doesn't. Uh, it doesn't hit right with me. That really hurts my heart. <laughs> but you know what? All right. All right. Next question. Move on. Yeah. Let's move on. <laughs> If you could be president for one year of the United States, what were some of the things that you would want to do? I can't even answer a question no, like that. You can't? I cannot answer that question. All right. <sighs> All right. No uh, if, <laughs> okay. Um, if you could have any kind of, um, if you could do one dream job for one day, or any job in the world, it doesn't have to be a dream job, but if you could do any job in the world for one day, what would it be? Hmm. I think if I could do a job for a day. I'm going to be so basic. I would be like a famous performer, mm. like a singer, someone big. Or maybe even just a background dancer because oh, I want to okay. learn how to dance. Yeah, dancing would be cool. Because like I said earlier, gotta, I can't dance at all. You got to show those Taylor Swift fans. <laughs> wrong, yeah, right? I got to show them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then last question. If you could go to any time or period in history, what would it be? I hope this doesn't sound basic too, but I would really want to go to the 1920s. Mm-hmm. I just really like the style. I really just like the whole, just the aesthetic, the movies that are like that people basically remake things that happen in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. Love those movies. So I would do that. One of them is like The Great Gatsby, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Nice. That's like, to me, that's just amazing. I, I don't dress up very much, but I would love to dress up. Yeah constantly so i feel like everybody dressed up back then like everybody always looked really nice they had like their certain hairstyles that would be really cool Mm -hmm. it'd be a change so i think that would be it 1920s nice so last thing what are some goals and some plans for you in your music career for this year in 2020 so um i would like to first of all find my team Mm -hmm. i really want i i always say this everywhere i go but my goal is I want to find my team. I want to find my group of people who supports me and who is there for me and who wants to see me grow and who I can help grow as well. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to don't want to be on a journey by myself or I don't want to be at the top by myself either. I want to share with other people. So definitely find my team. I want to put out more content, whether it's like just covers on YouTube mm-hmm. or like covers on Instagram or whatever it may be. And then I think my other one is I want to be more consistent with music dropping, like mm. dropping more music. Last year I dropped two songs. Mm-hmm. That's it for the whole year. And they were like five months apart. Right. So this year I want to try to be more consistent, maybe not every single month, but maybe like 
once every two months or once every other month, something like that. Mm -hmm. So those are my goals. Nice. And where can the people find your music? So you can find my music on iTunes, Spotify, DistroKid, any major streaming platform. Just uh, D-E-V-A-R-O-U-X. And um, if you want to listen to my old music, you can find it on SoundCloud. Also D-E-V-A-R-O-U-X. And then Instagram underscore D-E-V-A-R-O-U-X underscore. Awesome. It's the same everywhere. <laughs> but thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. This is my first podcast. Oh, nice. That I've ever done. So, okay. thank you for having me Yeah, here. of course. Well, thank you for, you know, hopping onto the show and hope to have you back. You guys should keep listening. This guy's dope. So, <laughs> appreciate the keep play. it up. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Hey guys, it's Noah Alvarez again. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the My Mike and I podcast. Really appreciate you guys for tuning in. If you really like this week's episode and you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate it if you guys left a rating and review. Also hit that subscribe button. And if you're listening on another platform, be sure to follow it. And if you really enjoy the podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you just send it to a friend that you think would really like the show as well. Again, just one more time, be sure to check out Devereaux's music that you can find on Apple and on Spotify. You can also find her uh, SoundCloud account and look at some of her older songs. Also, be sure to go check out her YouTube page. She has that A Moment video, which is very lovely, I think. It's a really good music video, and it's a really good artist, too, that you're supporting. Much love to everyone supporting the podcast. That's going to wrap up this week's show, episode 89, officially in the books. I'm Noah Alvarez, the host of the My Mike and I podcast. Signing off. Until next time. <laughs>